0: Living it up, Friday night, with the the of and welcome to the Sultan on and slam! Welcome to the Sultan Slam for April 19th, 2020, Sunday, and it's come full circle after all this talk about Total Bellas and the Big Show Show, I will now review them alone, And Reed is also out for AEW, as he hasn't been watching, and that's fine. This is uh, my bed I've made, and I will sleep in it as I bring you reviews for all three of those shows this week. We're going to start with AEW Dynamite. We're going to work our way to Total Bellas. We're going to wrap up with the second episode of The Big Show Show, streaming now on Netflix. you're listening to this, you could be watching The Big Show Show, but should you be? You're gonna to have to stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out. Uh if I hadn't introduced myself, I am Lee. Here to uh review some pro wrestling and pro wrestling related products for you on a Sunday afternoon. Krista's out. She's so out, in fact, uh she managed to draw herself a very nice bath uh during this recording. So uh all the best. Namaste to her, uh, I guess. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite for April 15th, 2020. We have Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho on commentary. Uh, Jake, the snake is, uh, talking to open up the show again in his dark room where he cuts promos. Uh, Lance will open the show. Uh, he talks about how that man is an animal. Uh, he was made for this TNT championship. We will see Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana tonight in the quarterfinal for the TNT championship. Last week, of course, we saw Cody Rhodes or Cody as he's known, uh, overtake, won uh, Sean Spears to move on to the semifinal there. All right, let's uh, introduce the card. Tony runs it down for us. We have Britt Baker uh, will return to in-ring action this week after being busted open in the mouth by uh, Hikaru last week. Uh, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy uh, will, uh, will be in action against Kip and Penelope Ford. Uh, this is actually just a Chuck Taylor and Kip uh, Sabian match. Sabian? Kip Sabian? It's not that v- vibrating chair from the Howard Stern show. Uh, Sammy G will be in action tonight. I uh, referred to him as Sammy G in all of my notes. Sean Spears uh, will also be in action tonight. Uh, after coming off a hot, hot win, a big W on AEW Dark. Uh, and we will also have uh, hear from Chris Jericho and the Bubbly Bunch, which appears to be a thing they recorded recently and then uh, spliced into this show. From this, From from what I could uh, gather. All right, TNT quarterfinal, uh, Colt Cabana uh, versus Archer. We have a a video package of Colt being interviewed, uh, putting over Archer uh, as this guy went over and took over Japan. But guess what? Colt Cabana has wrestled across Europe and China, all these other places. We are both a big deal, and we will wrestle tonight. Uh, Colt Cabana's fine. He's great. Uh, He's he's perfectly likable. Good mid-card guy. Uh, I like his personality here. I like that he puts him and his opponent over, uh, which I will always point out when that happens. I'm just going to take a sip off the bubbly here as I will get a bit hoarse yelling at you about wrestling. Mm. A professional would edit that out. That's not what you're dealing with here. Uh, so, Archer comes to the ring after Cold Cabana. Just cold clocks someone on the face side of the security barrier here. His music cut out at the perfect time after this. Uh, he uh he jumps into the ring. Uh, pretty hard hitting match from Go here. Uh, Archer has champion written all over him, says Chris Jericho. A pretty 50 50 match. Uh, a lot of power moves from Lance Archer, but Cole Caban is getting in a, a fair bit of offense as well. Uh, after a giant choke slam uh, from Lance Archer to Cabana, uh Archer kneels and waits for Colt to stand up. Runs at him. Colt reverses one move in the corner, but unfortunately gets tangled up and given the blackout. One, two, three. Lance Archer advances to the semifinals. Next up, Britt Baker. Uh, we are interviewing her uh, or something. Whatever. I, what do you call these uh, little vignettes? So she's in, like in a, doc- a dentist's office. Sorry, uh, with an easel she's pointing out uh, the rules uh, about fighting fair, etc. Uh, talking about Hikaru kneeing her in the face, of course. Uh, and now, uh, a quick mention of the no-holds-barred match coming up tonight. Mox versus Hager. Uh, we hear from different talking heads from around the pro sports MMA world. Uh, Ariel Hawani from ESPN lets us know that Hager, Hager's taking it tonight. Taz uh, tells Moxley to avoid the mat. Uh, Thinks this one's going to break down uh, uh, into a street fight or something like that. No, that was Excalibur later that said that. Anyway, uh, Taz then has a little uh, moment here where he breaks down Hagar's grips and offense. Uh, What he's able to do, what Moxley needs to avoid. This is all great. Like, all this build-up to the Moxley-Hagar match, regardless of what I have to say about the match coming up very shortly, the build-up to this has been fantastic. The way they've handled this, you could slot in any two wrestlers, Uh, And the buildup, even though I, like, my care level for Moxley, Hagar, let's say, at an all-time C-, minus. but the packages and stuff like that are very entertaining. Like, I'll watch this regardless. And that's how I felt about the match as well. Uh, Some people giving it a hard time for being a little long, uh, given what the the two guys were capable of in front of nobody. But, uh, honestly, great build. Uh, Both guys worked hard. No problem with this stuff. Good stuff. All right. Britt Baker, DMD, is out. She shit-talks Sheeta, whom is at ringside. She is versus Cassandra Golden. She puts her teeth on the rope and then kicks the rope. And uh, basically a squash smash here for uh, Britt Baker getting her W back. We hear from Ron Funches, who predicts that Moxley will uh, be winning tonight. Mike Goldberg from Bellator predicts Hagar. Saturday, May 23rd, get ready for Double or Nothing. AEW will be doing a pay-per-view, a show of some kind on May 23rd, Saturday, whether it be pre-recorded or a live pay-per-view, where it will be. Uh, I haven't looked into any of these things. We hear from the Bubbly Bunch, Uh, basically a Zoom talking heads, uh, bouncing between people talking on phones. Uh, Santana here clearly used his phone in vertical mode, so they had to stretch it uh, for the broadcast. And if that was done on purpose... That's fucking genius. And because I don't know... This is why it's good pro wrestling, people. Because I don't know if he did that on purpose or not. For people like me that will notice things like that, it's genius either way. So well done to you, sir. Uh, They're talking about uh, Matt Hardy and what he had to say about them. Sammy Guevara uh, lifting a dumbbell here. uh, Upset about being called a fake Latino. Uh, Chris Jericho is making breakfast. uh, A very, very shitty looking fried egg. Uh, Spills some orange juice, which I'm to understand is an homage to an Ozzy Osbourne segment, probably from that reality show. Uh, great, as always, entertaining. A nice little reprieve uh, in the middle of the show here. Fantastic A+. <laughs> That's my review of the Bubbly Bunch. Uh, we also had uh, Hagar poolside with his kids. Tells his kids to earmuffs uh, so he can say he's going to beat the shit. Uh, or something like that out of John Moxley. Alright, next up we have Suge D. We may also know as Pineapple Pete from the end of last week's AEW Dynamite, or most of AEW Dynamite last week, where Chris Jericho was very upset with this uh, gentleman wearing a pineapple t-shirt at ringside. He will go against Sammy Guevara. Uh, Sammy Guevara mostly playing with this guy in this match. Vertical suplex. Uh, knee to the face. One, two, three. Uh, fine. Good. Uh, the Pineapple Pete, Shook D, as it were. Uh, w- w- what can be said? A uh, lot of, lot of, you know what? A lot of room for jobbers on uh, these editions of AW Dynamite, and why the hell not? Shooting Star Press a year ago would have been the finish for this match, this Chris Jericho. Uh, but now that he's been rolling with Jericho, it's a straight knee to the face, one, two, three. Sammy Guevara asks for a mic. He's spoiling the first round of the quarterfinal. He's going to beat the shit out of Darby. A lot of people beating the shit out of other people in this show. He's going to beat the shit out of Darby Allen. Uh, He turns to uh, give Pineapple Pete some uh, after-the-buzzer shots here. And uh, Darby Allen comes out either to rescue Pineapple Pete or because he uh, did not appreciate being called a face-painted weirdo. Either way, that's the end of this segment. We got Kip and we got Chuck up next. But first, Big John McCarthy uh, picks Hagar to win this one. Excalibur comes out to, uh, kayfabe all of this from his study in his, uh, abode, presumably, um, thinks that, uh, this will break down into a street fight as a snow holds barred and they can brawl outside the ring and that John Moxley has the advantage in that case. Someone's reading ahead, Excalibur. Uh, Kip will face Dustin Rhodes in a, a quarterfinal match, I assume, next week. Uh, Chris Jericho immediately hates Chuck Taylor and everything this guy's about, uh, how, He basically is a heel that is a face. Uh, Chris Jericho points this out in a very kayfabe way on commentary. Chris Jericho, again, was fantastic uh, this week. You can hear Jimmy Havoc off mic talking shit about the best friends as well. Uh, In a weird spot here, Orange Orange Cassidy distracts the ref while Penelope Ford gets some free shots on Chuck. That's, uh, That's not good. Uh, And the finish actually came from Ford as well with a Frankensteiner uh, while the ref was distracted to Chuck. Kip gets the one, two, three. Jimmy Havoc also attacks Orange Cassidy outside the ring. Next up, Justin Law, another jobber, who looks like a child baby. A newborn baby boy is out versus Sean Spears, who in his own right, not a huge guy based on who he's standing next to. Uh, next to Justin Law, Sean Spears looked like the fucking big show here. This guy looked huge, as I assume most of these guys would look if you ever saw them, uh, real, real up close in person. Um, Sean Spears keeps his shirt on, laughs at Law. Uh, this all results in a, a huge clothesline amongst other moves. A running C4, one, two, three, uh, done like takeout dinner. Heartless, as his shirt says, Sean Spears wins. Sorry, Justin Law. Next week, you can look forward to Kip versus Dustin, Sammy, and Darby. Orange Cassidy and Jimmy Havoc. Looking forward to that, honestly. Uh, Brody Lee, something. And Kenny Omega will do something on the show. Josh Thompson calls that Hagar will win uh, the No Holds Barred match tonight. Santana calls for Jake Hagar, his boy. Uh, JR will now take over commentary. Uh, and here we go. The No Holds Barred match between Jon Moxley... And uh, and one Jake Hagar. So, uh, I was partially distracted uh, making lunch during this match. Uh, but was in and out of it. And made sure to watch the, uh, the last ten minutes or so. Uh, both men are wearing camo shorts. Which is interesting. They are in fact in an empty arena. They are in the, I assume, the Jacksonville Jaguars arena or something like that. Like, it's huge and it's empty. And I like the, in terms of empty arena matches go, the atmosphere in this, seeing these two dudes... Uh, pant and slap and hit and uh, the, the impact, hearing John Moxley's legs hit the cement floor. I thought this was all pretty okay. Um, tougher than a $2 steak, JR says John Moxley is, I say in a Yoda voice. They brawl outside the ring uh, into the empty arena. Uh, Hagar says it's our show. Hagar sets chair in the corner. I'm jumping way far ahead now. There is a commercial break few minutes to go. Hagar chair shot to Mox uh, on the on the loose ankle, grabs him. Uh, Moxie says, break my fucking ankle. Of course, censored here on TNT television. Uh, I ain't losing uh, to this guy, god damn it. Uh, breaks out of the ankle lock. They exchange blows. Uh, the chair ends up in Hagar's face, tossed by John Moxley. A paradigm shift into the chair. One, two, three. Moxley retains. He crawls around and spits for four minutes while Jr. vamps uh, to send us off the air. Uh, so we've gotta fill a little time with on. This was fine. Uh, it's it, c- considering the two men involved, the buildup was fantastic. All the video packages, all the talking head stuff. All of that was very, very good for that match. The match itself, did it under-deliver? No. I was expecting J.K. Carr versus John Moxley. That's fucking exactly what I got. Ooh, it was a little long. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, they gave it their all. It was a fine match. Uh, both of their characters shown through, even if the wrestling, you know, we could have cut five minutes out of the middle there or something. I thought it was fine. Uh, and John Moxley retains. On to the next one. All right, and me, on to the next one. Total Bellas Season 5, Episode 3. We recap last episode uh, how Dad is driving a wedge currently between the girls and their mother, uh, as JJ and the mom are mostly estranged from the father who she left, uh, I'm going to say, not 15 years ago. She left him when they were 15. She was with him for 15 years. Then he's married to his new wife for 15 years. Oh my god, I have extensive notes here, and I can't keep it straight. Uh, we're taking over, we're taking over the world, here we go, Nikki, Bree, JJ, Mama, they're on a wellness spa trip, they're doing hanging aerial yoga uh, as a mea copa for uh, hanging out with dad last week or whatever the hell it is, the the progression of time in the Total Bellas reality show universe is very tough uh, to keep track of, sometimes episodes are weeks if not months apart, sometimes it's like the next day. Uh, J.J. hates meditation, finds his way to the spa bar, and starts getting lit up. We're uh, back in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, We're talking about Nana and Pop-Pop. Nana, who is still alive and living in Brawley, California, uh, real close to Mexicali, where it happens that the Bella's dad lives with his new family. Uh, Bree, Nikki, and Mama discuss this. Bree says uh, Nikki needs uh, to bring Artem to see Nana. Sure, why not? So it's off to uh, Brawley, uh, California. Mom is pissed off again as uh, she she feels that Brie and Nikki underhandedly uh, asked her to be a babysitter here for Birdie so they can go have fun in Mexico, which is exactly the case. Uh, The mom's just being a real stick in the mud about it, Uh, but is a good grandma all the same here for the babysit. Uh, Brie is packing. Nikki is buying a ton of gifts for her step-sister and brother, Ezekiel and Alexia. Or her, or dad's new kids with his new wife Anna. Uh, Artem is coming as well. Artem's a cool guy, uh, and if he or Daniel Bryan are hanging out, you at least know something awful isn't going to happen to all these characters. Because when it's just the Bellas on your own, you don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen. It can be, it's, it could be awful. Uh, Daniel Bryan is busy with work and does not appear in this episode outside from a quick clip of him wrestling. Uh, they pass by the Bella's old elementary school. Uh, Bree recounts how Nikki had lice. Nikki recounts how everybody had lice. She was the first person to admit it. Uh, and then brings up a story about Bree peeing her pants so hard, it not only wet her pants, but caused a puddle to form. Uh, I feel like at the 10 to 12 minute mark of every Total Bellows episode, we get some revelation like this. Last episode, it was the Flotsam Jetsam line. Uh, the one before that, it was the Centaards uh, it's good stuff. I, uh, I live for this. This is why I watch this show. All right. Uh, so they look across the street from the elementary school and lo and behold, uh, this is where babysitter uh, Mona used to live, who the girls have not seen since they were seven years old. And what do you, what do you know? They approach the house and Mona's home. They have a photo op, a great moment. Sure. Why not? Little did I know this was a great moment because this uh, episode, uh, just kind of descends into arguments, uh, for the last 20 minutes or so. Commercial break, Bracken, blah, 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 commercial break, Brawley, California, Nana's house, Artem, uh, his shirt is unbuttoned, he's wearing like a, like a piratey style shirt, but, uh, it's going down below his, his pecs pretty much, this unbuttoned shirt, uh, still not as bad as on, uh, Total Divas when Jonathan, uh, who is Ava Marie's squeeze and manager, uh, w- uh went to ask for Ava Marie's father's uh, blessing to marry Ava Marie wearing a zip-up hoodie that was uh, unzipped. Not a good look. Artem is not allowed to sleep at Nana's uh, if they are not married or even engaged. That's fine. Old world values don't sleep at Nana's. That's that's fine. Uh, Why not? They stay in a hotel. They never really resolve this beyond this. They just say that that's not going to happen, although Nana really takes to Artem here and, and loves him. He's he's a likable guy. Dinner with Dad tomorrow. Next morning, we've got Artem, Bri, and Nikki. They're off to Mexicali. If you don't know where Mexicali is, it is apparently the um, capital city of like the Mexicali, the like the peninsula. The my American uh, and Mexican geography not great. The Baja Shelf. On the west-hand side of Mexico, there is that finger that extends down from California. That's what we're talking about here, and this city is right on the border between the United States and that peninsula in Mexicali. And apparently on the other side of the border, there's a place called, like, Calico, or something awful. Awful. Anyway, we meet the Bella's dad again, and his new wife, Anna, who is stacked, stacked up. Uh, only a year apart from the Bellas, he says. They are now the Bella triplets. Let's unpack this scene. <laughs> so the Bellas are meeting their, not well, not their stepmom necessarily, but the, the woman who has married their dad. There, it, it doesn't matter in which direction she is one year apart from them, either she's one year older or one year younger. Uh there you go but looking at her good for the dad who who apparently was maybe a woman beater we don't know we ha- he had an addiction uh he had i we don't know what the problem is with him uh but he seems like a perfectly swell guy now he's got a great house uh good-looking kids good-looking wife they're having some beers some cervezas if you uh if you will and wine on the patio he is 50 here's the 15 again he's 15 years married to Anna Uh, and JJ doesn't talk with the dad. Uh, JJ, who is the Bella's brother, who once sent a picture of his wiener to his immediate family, doesn't talk with the dad. Artem, uh, doesn't like that the, uh, the dad here, the Bella's dad, is making a lot of father-in-law jokes, uh, as if implying that, oh, you will be my son-in-law, you will marry my daughter. Artem's like, hey, this is serious, it could be going that way. I don't appreciate the cringy jokes. Lunchtime. Commercial. Back at lunchtime, Bree brings up the book. Dad says he isn't that guy. I'm a new guy. Why don't you talk about this instead? There's not really an argument here. Bree just decides to drop it for the moment. It's time for shopping. They meet their dad's kids in a candy store, bringing down a pinata, just having a a Mexican time, uh, Ezekiel and Alexia as it were, they are on a rooftop plaza presumably of this shopping thing they were at, it's presence time, the, the Bellas bring uh, gifts that are far too young age-wise uh, for the age of poor Alexia here, giving her a Barbie when she is clearly 13 or something. Uh, Dad wants to ask the girls something, a favor, if you will. I just need $50,000. I'll pay you back. No, Uh, that Alexia is apparently being bullied in school for saying that she has stepsisters with the Bellas. And uh, everyone there rightfully is just like, fucking yeah, right. Uh, And because Nikki and Bree don't really talk to that side of the family, there's not like a picture of them together to prove it or anything like that. Uh, Bree has to go back because she knows mom is going to be on a fucking warpath if she leaves mom overnight with the baby. But Nikki and Artem are going to stay in Mexico and surprise the kids tomorrow. Mom is pissed about this regardless. uh, And we'll get to that later. Moving on. It's time for a hot selfie. They're on this rooftop plaza. Let's uh, get those titties out and do it for the gram. Off to Alexia's school the next morning. Nikki tries to speak Spanish to a uh, congregation of the children, is informed that they speak English and just speaks English instead. Uh, She will body slam anyone who messes with Alexia. She says this as a talking head, not to the group of children, uh, who seem real jacked that she's there, as does Alexia. This is just good feels. This is good times. Uh, It was at this point that I noticed the title card uh, saying Brawley, California, and learning I had been spelling Brawley, California incorrectly in my notes this whole time. Nikki and Artem return... Uh, Bree had an amazing time in Mexicali. The mom wants to talk out now. She doesn't want to hear about Mexicali. She doesn't want to hear about how great it was there. Uh, And this dad, uh, she was with them for all these years. She was the shoulder to cry on. This guy's been in their life for like four weeks. Fuck it, I hate it. I hate it. We're talking in circles here. I thought most of this had been resolved at the end of the last episode. I was wrong. It's a quiet drive back to Phoenix from Brawley, California after this... Argument, But we cut to Mama Kathy's house where she has prepared a dinner party. An honest conversation between only her, the Bella twins, and JJ. We're going to air things out. Uh, Nikki describes that she has trust issues with men, uh, which we have not seen in the course of the Total Bellas or Total Divas, as uh, she seemed pretty ready to commit to both John Cena and most other men uh, she had been with as she wants to start a family. A little contradictory there, but Nikki... Says what she says, so we'll believe her here. Uh, everybody starts crying, uh, the mom especially. Uh, she reads a, a letter to her kids explaining her feelings on it, uh, but her kids kind of share that they, they all understand how everybody else feels, and they know that it's going to make it, it's going to suck uh, for some of them more than others, uh, but it also sucks for some of them uh, that they can't have this relationship with their dad, and they're going to have to pursue it, and everybody's just going to have to. I, I feel like we've left this at the same point it was last episode. And that it's going to be back to this next episode. Uh, Although we do see a clip of next week's episode where JJ explains that Nikki favors Birdie over her other nieces and or nephews. uh, We don't see as often on the show. But exist. Uh, And uh, the Breeze car is stolen. And there's fully shelled bullets. Uh, in the back seat, with the, the, the uh, uh, it's like a fever dream this next on, uh, so we're going to talk about that next week. Trap up this week, after I take one more sip of the bubbly, mm. as Chris Jericho would say, uh, we're going to talk about the big show show, not the big big show, the big show show, season one, episode two, here we are, Lola... Big Show's oldest daughter from his first marriage, who has come to live with them from Minnesota, who has her own room, uh, is being given a pep talk about living in Florida. There's another easel here. A uh, lot of easels this week. Big easel week. Teaching her about life in Florida. Some jokes here that aren't funny. Uh, apparently, the, uh, I'm going to refer to everybody as the names I know them by until I hear their proper names later on. So if you hear me refer to middle sister or the mom, uh, you'll know what's going on there. JJ, who's the youngest girl, who's the evil Stewie archetype, she uh, runs a bubble machine all night and it blows into her sister's face, who is sharing a room with her now, the middle sister, not Lola. There are three sisters. I'm bringing this back around because Chris took the notes last week, so I'm, I'm getting this straight for myself. You will know everybody's names by next week, I, I assure you. Uh, Big Show will be attending J.J.'s career day at her school. Uh-huh. Hijinks will ensue. Not really, unfortunately. Nothing even gets broken. It sucks. Uh, my, uh, in the first episode, I thought Big Show would break through a wall for sure. In this episode, I thought he was going to break a couch. Let's see how correct I was. Title break, The Big Show Show. We, uh, cut to J.J.'s classroom. Her teacher is awful. She's uh she is like the Michael Scott of her improv class here. She's doing a voice completely unnecessary, is distracting in the scene. The thing I am here to see is the big show. He's the thing that should be weird, not you. Stop stealing the spotlight from the big show. Uh he explains he's a retired teacher, uh, t- sorry, teacher. He's a retired pro wrestler. The kid asks what he does. Uh Big Show has an existential crisis here. Uh, wondering what he does. As another kid uh, says, uh, my dad says when people retire, uh, they, or they, they he died shortly afterwards because he didn't find a per." Anyway, Big Show is freaked the fuck out. It is nighttime. Big Show sings a song about making a sandwich. The sandwich itself looks cartoonish. Uh, if you remember that Miracle Whip commercial where the dog makes a CGI sandwich and then there's no Miracle Whip, so he throws it away? This sandwich was twice that size. Uh, after singing his song, uh, which the audience claps uh, at the conclusion to, as if this is something Big Show has been doing forever, this is the first time we have ever seen Big Show make a sandwich and sing the song, unless there is a prequel season I'm unaware of. Uh, he's got a dad sandwich in his hands as he flings open the door to the living room. Uh, he is startled by the middle child, whose name I still don't know at this point, sleeping on the sofa. As uh, JJ is apparently watching Walking Dead without headphones and refuses to turn down the volume. The next day, uh, JJ is a criminal. We are is more or less confirmed here. Every time they cut to JJ and JJ explains what JJ is up to, it is a crime. Uh, it is. It is. It's. It's going to be bad for JJ. The Punisher. Uh, this is a hat. Uh, that. Uh, big show's wife wears uh when she punishes the kids and this includes later on uh her stepdaughter who's been living with them in the terms of the show for as far as we know just days or maybe weeks uh which is a little bit weird the middle child asks the big show her father uh for three million marriott points that big show has been collecting uh so she can stay in a hotel Lola's like if it's this bad Why don't you just move in with me? And that's the B-plot. Jaleel White guest stars here as Terry, a man who works in the fitness club gym that the Big Show now hangs out at, because, of course, uh, the Big Show is his his friend. They're friends, I guess. Anyways, Terry has invented a state-of-the-art juicer with an AI that talks to him, it comically shoots juice over everything. Uh, it soaks Julia White here, uh, head to toe. For real, uh, says, <laughs> says the Big Show. I need your help. I need. Uh, I need to know what I'm gonna do. Uh, Julial White explains. Hey, why don't you? You know, pro wrestlers are doing all kinds of other stuff now. We got winemaking. Uh, you can make movies like the uh, The Rock. Uh, he also mentions yoga. There's some, there's some inside jokes here. People are aware of, of wrestling. Uh, sure. Uh, Big Show says he, he he keeps getting the wrong auditions, and there is a Elton John joke here that's 18 months too late from the release of the movie Rocket Man. Uh, Juliel White Terry recommends that, why doesn't Big Show take up real estate with his wife, which is something that the real-life Undertaker and his wife uh, do? Big Show says, uh, sounds good, my man, and uh, we're back from the farmer's market with Big Show and his wife. Terry had a great idea," says Big Show. "I'm going to uh, I'm going to work with you." His wife is thrilled. We uh, cut to the older sisters upstairs who have moved in together. They are uh, deciding if they are going to paint their nails or not. Middle child has a ton of bobblehead dolls uh, and the bubble machine, and now she has heel turned completely. She is awful to live with, uh, and that's that plot. No big show here, so I kind of tuned out. Open house. Uh, It's the haunted house that was mentioned in the previous episode. There is some continuity between the episodes here, which will only come back to bite them. Uh, Let me tell you. Big Show's wife and uh, her assistant, Bennett, uh, who is a diminutive man uh, with a high voice and glasses. Big Show comes in. He says he would have rang the doorbell, but he broke it. He then, uh, while showing people the open house, breaks a curtain rod. He destroys the front banister. He is delegated to uh, handing out muffins. A mark in the crowd recognizes him. You're the fucking Big Show. Are you selling houses now? Uh, Big Show's like, yep. And then accidentally lets slip that the house is haunted. Points to the ceiling and breaks a chandelier. Back to the older school, uh, the older schools, the older sisters at school. No Big Show in this scene. Just a heads up. Uh, They start to fight as the middle child is wearing one of Lola's sweaters. The coach comes in and is swatted in the head uh, after he watches the girls fight and doesn't try to break it up. Uh, He is just getting over a broken nose. I don't remember the Big Show giving this guy a broken nose, but that sounds like something that could have very well happened. Uh, To my dismay, Big Show does not break a couch at any point during this open house. We're back at home. It's Punisher time. Big Show puts on the hat and punishes the girls off screen. The wife has had a busy day. Uh, at the open house trying to sell a haunted open house with everything broken in it, thanks to her husband. Big Show says when he started wrestling, he broke the Macho Man's shin. We're going to fact check this in real time. Because uh, that as well sounds like Big Show breaks Macho Man's shin. Uh, talking to his wife, Big Show claims he broke Macho Man's savages uh, Macho Man savages Macho Man Randy Savage's shin on the first day of wrestling. Big Show mentions his involvement in hardcore matches, calling back to his time in the ECW. This is just wrestling references. This does not say whether or not this happened. Uh, so we're going to look into that. Kayfabe concussing him and breaking his leg. Causing. You know, okay. Uh, wrestling runs deep. Okay. <clears throat> we're back at home. Uh. Yes. Big Show took care of the punishment. Don't worry about it. I split them up. I gave them their iPads. The mom says, you idiot. Look at what Mandy wrote. We learn now that Mandy is the middle child. Uh, They're fighting with the iPads. They're instant message fighting. Silently. Uh, Big Show's like, yeah, but then uh, they're not yelling out loud. So I win. And I'm not being. Uh, I was in 3,000 hardcore matches or something as uh, that factoid I just read brought up. Oh, my God. We're near near the end here. Mom punishes the girls, uh, which is again weird, as she's punishing her stepdaughter. That, in the t- if the guy is still recovering from a broken nose, it, based on the the it's got to be like a week, like to to discipline your stepdaughter that you just met in this fashion. I thought oh, it was weird. Uh, it's the weekend, maybe. Big Show returns to the haunted house to fix it. He brings JJ with him. Good call. Uh, they hear noises and hide in the closet, thinking, of course, it might be a ghost. Big Show's wife is revealed to be Cassie. Her name is cassie she lied to the big show uh saying she was off doing something else but really she was fucking her assistant bennett and another man in the haunted house or she was showing it to them as big show is an awful real estate agent uh and doesn't want him to work with her anymore big show threatens uh to take his socks off in front of the girls if they do not find a way to make up uh, they decide to, uh, that more rules is the answer, and the Big Show says we should have a WWE-esque contract signing. Ha ha ha. And that's the end of the fucking episode. Uh, cold open of episode three, uh, the girls are watching something akin to The Bachelor. Uh, Big Show and Terry are out back, they have installed a camera, the broadcast is, is, has now switched to them, their big dumb faces in the backyard, They have, Terry has invented some kind of gator repellent deterrent device. A robot that shoots pepper spray or something with a camera. uh, Because they're in Florida and gators just come up on your shit. And you better have a robot ready to fight them. Uh, While they get this thing ready to go, the girls plan their days. JJ says she has a bunch of keys to copy downtown. The middle child's got some kind of propaganda posters to make for her uh ad campaign whatever's going on and then uh the oldest sister Lola uh, uh needs her and nails did she has not had her nails did since she moved and the mom uh, is has offered you can get your nails did with me let's go and now i will make some cringy jokes uh we cut back to the outside the robot is now attacking big show and terry macing both of them as they flop around in hot dog on camera for our enjoyment uh and I didn't mention it at any time during that review uh, about jokes or anything I laughed at because it, uh, it didn't happen. I guess I should actually make a note. There was a couple just quick lines that were uh, that were funny. Any of the physical humor, any of the overacting. The thing I, I thought of when I, I concluded watching this episode of The Big Show Show was the factoid that came out this week about... Disney uh actually having less money than Netflix. The Netflix is actually has deeper pockets than Disney now. And this is this is Netflix, this thing I just reviewed. Uh so that was AEW Dynamite. That was Total Bellas. That was the big show show for this week. Join me again next week and I'll be back to talk about AEW. Big show coming up this week. Darby Allen will be in action against Sammy Guevara. Looking forward to that. Uh something from Kenny Omega on that show as well. I'm digging the AEW Dynamites. Uh, I like this kind of chill thing that they've settled into. I don't mind watching them. Uh, Watching wrestling on a Sunday morning when it's nice and quiet. There's no crowd like that. Weirdly meditative. Uh, And then Total Bellas. uh, Always something new uh, to crack open there. And uh, Big Show Show is definitely the thing I am most dreading. But it's only 20 minutes. It's a long, long 20 minutes. And by comparison... Uh, that Moxley-Hagar match was nothing compared to watching the Big Show show where if he's not on screen I'm not having a good time uh, that's going to do it for the Sultans of Slam this week for myself, Lee if you want to interact with the show or submit a question or email or topic of any kind uh, hit us up at Tits Iceberg on Twitter Lee at TitsTheIceberg.com we'll get you in touch with my email address thank you as always for listening, stay safe and that's the Sultans of Slam and